Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. So st- stories are really driven by people, right? And in, in the startup's case, the founder. So I think it's really important that founders uh, find a way to communicate why they're doing what they're doing. How is it that the problem impacts them or their community? Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baetyong. Welcome to episode 28 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is brought to you by Payroll Hero. A time, attendance, scheduling, HR and payroll solution for Philippine companies. If you're new to the show, welcome on board. This is a podcast that lets you improve your hustle by learning from other hustlers. So we talk about the journey, the grind, and everything else in between to reach the success and the learnings that usual startup founders and business people go through. However, we use a lot of adult language on this podcast, so make sure that there's no kids around or you're in a private environment. Now today we're very lucky because we got to talk to someone who deeply understands the whole startup ecosystem of Southeast Asia. And we are talking about none other than Mohan Balani, the founder and CEO of E27 and Echelon. Now, we all know that Echelon 2019 just concluded and there's a lot of great things that happened there. But today we're going to be talking about the stuff that got us here. Because Mohan is going to share how he started E27 and how the first version of Echelon was built and the struggles they had to endure just to stick it out to where it is now. Mohan also shared how they choose which stories to feature on the website and how they were able to bounce back after he had to let go a big portion of his team back in 2016. He also shared the impact of how the events and the articles that they make make an impact through startups and investors as well. Be prepared to take notes because Mohan is going to share world-class tips on how to navigate the whole startup scene in Southeast Asia. Like how you can build an amazing team, how you can go to startup conferences like Echelon on a discount, and the qualities of a good startup. Because he's seen them all, thousands of them, because of his work in E27 and Echelon. And lastly, he's going to share with us the trends of what startups should be looking out for 
and great advice for startup founders in this very jam-packed episode. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind E27 and Echelon, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We're international today and we're coming up, we're, we're, we're interviewing someone who I would attribute my, my, my exposure to the startup world for. And, uh, and I'm a big fan of what he's doing, not just for the Philippines, but for the whole region of startups because he is the founder and CEO of E27. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mohan Balani. Hey Ron, thanks thanks for having me. Oh, that sounds good. So we're doing a mic check. It sounds really good here. But Mohan, thank you, thank you for being here. Because as you know, for those people who are listening right now, we're recording this in advance. We're doing this a day before yep. Echelon 2019. Yep. And I've never seen anyone <laughs> throw an event and be this chill, right? <laughs> no, I have an amazing team, right? Like they've they've all gotten their stuff right. together. They're they're doing everything they can to make sure the experience is amazing for everyone tomorrow. And I'm really blessed uh, to have a team that I can completely trust. No, but dude, I've seen people throw startup events in the Philippines, <laughs> and they're a week prior, they're dying already. Yeah. And you're just still all chill, like we can like. Like, like I was telling you earlier, right? I could literally go to the gym now, go back to sleep a bit <laughs> earlier. And wow. uh, I know for, like the entire thing tomorrow is going to be top-notch. That's right? just yeah. expertise it's right It's all there. kudos to the, the, the team. Like, I, oh, I, but you built that team. So kudos to you and your co-founders yeah. to get that done. But before we get that and, and whatnot, um, Mohan, I always ask this to, to our guests on the show. Mm-hmm. So Mohan, what's your hustle? So we started E27, or I, I started E27 because... Uh, we really believe that startups make the world a better place. Yep. Right. And and essentially, what could we do, right, to support mm-hmm. startups? Okay. And the more we help startups, the less they fail, yep. the more problems get solved in this region. Correct. So fundamentally, like, our mission, right, is to empower entrepreneurs with the mm-hmm. tools to build and grow businesses. Yeah. But what what's the meaning of E27? So the, the long form is actually Entrepreneur 27. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. I didn't so know this the, all yeah. this time. So in the early days, the E, it was Entrepreneur 27. And ah. we would get messages from people saying, hey, your site is down or there's something wrong with your site oh. and then we realized that they will misspell the word entrepreneur got it right. and that's where we shortened it to E and 27 is because Paul Graham I think way back in 2016 oh, yeah. wow. so he wrote Combinator. A, yeah, YC, right? yep. he wrote a paper about how the best companies to, f- to fund are those started by founders 27 and below Wow, they, really? Yeah, because that was his thesis. And they, okay. they don't have all the preconceived notions or the ideas yes. of how certain industries work. So if you look at Dropbox, Facebook, Airbnb, a wow. lot of these fairly well-known companies today uh, are started by very young founders. How young were you when you started E27? Oh, so at, at, in, in school, this was like 2007, so 24. Wow. Uh, so I did fit the age bracket Yeah, you're, 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 yeah. In, you're in. And then everyone keeps asking me, so is it going to be E28, E30, E32, <laughs> and now E36, right? Right. Yeah. But to, be, to, be, to add a caveat to this, though, okay. there is another study that says that the actual age for successful yes, companies 35 and above yeah it's actually much later 42 yes. is the average oh really number, yeah. wow yeah. yeah because you're bound to fuck shit up yeah oh, I mean yeah. You know, the, the networks you have are really important right. right the lessons you make are pretty pretty valuable down the Correct. road and I think the older you are a bit more humble and humility right. right reality and idealism merges into a great you know <laughs> equilibrium right and whatnot. But Mohan, when you started this, right, were you, was this uh, uh, your first venture ever or did you do some corporate shit first? No, so um, I was in the Bay Area in 2006 okay. and 2007, so I was there for about a year. So okay. Thaddeus, my co-founder, was there a bit earlier. Okay. And he was there Shout for out like, Thaddeus. Yeah, and he was there for like a year and a half. Okay. Right. So we didn't, we actually met there very briefly because okay. when he, when I went there, he was coming back. Ah. Yeah, so we didn't really have much time together there. And you knew you you knew each other prior, or you just no. Met him there? So we we were on the same program. Okay. So we knew off each other. We probably said hi and had a short conversation, and that's Got it. it. And then when we came back, we were doing this as a community thing for ah. fun first. So fun. The, yeah. Right. So the idea was never to build this into a mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. The idea was that we could use this community and platform to okay. meet other founders, and we could then start companies. Ah. 
Wow. So in the early days, E27 had like over, I think, 20 founders. Okay. So the guys from Zopim that Zendesk acquired, right. Money Smart, and quite a few other notable uh, yep. companies are actually E27 founders. Really? Yes. Holy shoot. But at that stage, I mean, Singapore is always like, I mean, we always reference Singapore as the Silicon Valley of Asia. Yeah. Right? The, the best companies, the founders, the, the VCs are all here. That's yeah. why we're here. They attract all the people here. Correct. But um, all the successful guys are not necessarily from here, right? Which is what makes it so, so great in some sense. Correct. I mean, because it's, it's a treasure trove is a melting pot of, by default, correct. of a lot of cultures as well. So yeah. it's a good ecosystem to thrive. Yeah. But when you started this, was the ecosystem this good already? Or what no, were, what so was the foundation? We, like? we were obviously way too early, right? Yeah, uh, it was. It was very. We were young and naive, mm-hmm. hoping that the the ecosystem would move as fast as our aspirations. Right, but of course it did not. Okay. and that's where I think from 2007 to 2012, yep. it was really more of a community thing, a fun thing. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was working at some startups, Little Lies. Ah. Shout out to them. Okay. I was working at another company called Make Thirty Three, mobile social gaming. I had a gaming. Company for a while, wow. for about a year, hoping to be the zinger of Southeast Asia, right, right. Uh, and that's how I got to build a team in the Philippines. Ah. Um, and then in twenty late twenty eleven, me and Dennis we decided, okay, let's rebuild this. Mm, right, not as a side hustle anymore. Yeah, let's do this for real, and let's okay. give ourselves six months because that's more or less the amount of money right, we had. Right, right, right. Okay. And then we brought brought on our very first uh, angel investor, Nick Lim from Eight uh, uh, Capital. Wow. So he was the first guy that really, like, you know, took us seriously, believed in us, right? Spent quality time with us on a on okay. daily basis, okay, to help build up the business. That's great. And then, I mean, little did we know, the seed money came in in June, July, twenty twelve. Got it, and then that slowly led to where it is today. How did you build the first MVP? Was it a like? Was there a peg? Was it a tech crunch? What that you yeah. were trying to build and whatnot? What was the What was the first hypothesis that you? Yeah. Had? So the the blog that we had back then was a blog, right? right. Um, that was meant just purely for visibility. But I think the first approach that we were taking was more events driven. Events. Yeah. And Echelon, as, as people know today, yes, uh, it took it took us nine failed events to get no to Echelon. Way. Yeah, so we had tried many different models. Some some to do with cloud, some to do with mobile, okay. and none of them really stuck. And Echelon was the one that finally hit the nail in the head. What was the formula that finally hit the uh, nail in the head? So, so good question. I think the the one thing that we did is that. Uh, we combined some level of pitching where we tried to get yes. companies that had not been shown publicly before. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, Express and Music, which was a company that got acquired recently, right. was one of them, right? Uh, so there was an element of pitching. Then there was an element of local and global sharing. Mm. So we had the founders of Techstars, thanks to the the great folks right. at IDA. They were the ones that flew them in. So there was global sharing. Ah. But then we also had local founders sharing. The Zopim guys, Hungry Go Where, which is the Yelp of this region, Got it. and a few others. Okay. Right, and then we bundled all of that. It was like a hundred people that came. Wow. Uh, it was so very humble beginnings. Right? right, and then after that, people were like, okay, what's next? Got it. And again, I, I I'm getting a lot of goosebumps here yeah. and whatnot because 2012 was yeah. my my crash course to the term startup. I yeah. didn't even know we were called That's startups. We first met, yeah. Right. I met. I was exposed to the startup industry because I was one of the participants on that event. It was yep. my my first idea. I was just in college and yep. whatnot. I pitched. Uh, what were you called? You were not called Echelon back then, or it's not the top 100 hundred. The yeah, it was called the satellite satellite event. Satellite yeah. event. And if, so everything that we built in Echelon was right. because of what users told us they wanted. Got it. The entire satellite model was mm. a feedback from our users that hey, right. don't just do your thing from Singapore. Come to our local markets and learn about what's happening locally right. as well. And we realized that was the big game changer for us because mm-hmm. it forced us to travel in these regions, right. meet local founders, really understand what the local ecosystem. And pitching like. competitions didn't even exist back then. Or if no, there it was were, very early. it was very, very yeah. early. It was so weird because I was like super nervous. I didn't know what I was trying yeah, to do in that. Really, very early. And I became um, uh, first runner-up to the eventual uh, winner, which is Payroll Hero, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is now our sponsor yeah. in Hustler. <laughs> nice. It's so weird. Yeah, like, it's amazing how things all work out together. Absolutely, it just yeah. comes full circle yeah. some, somehow and whatnot. And I, I, thought, I, I discovered startups, and now I realize that oh, people actually fund startups. I didn't know this. Yeah. So it's just a really big eye opener, and I thank you for that because if had you not gone to the Philippines until now, you're still doing that, yeah. right? A lot of startups 
who are just our ideas what na wouldn't even be put in. But after that, um, so Echelon started growing. Was it in parallel with the website? Was there a different pivot that you guys uh, Very So very good question. I think in the early days, mm-hmm. um, the events were definitely much more well-known than the website. Yes. Like I would literally be at a meeting mm-hmm. uh, representing E27 and, right. and the person would tell me to attend this amazing event called Echelon. And I'll yes. be like, yeah, it's the same company. Right? <laughs> and they'll be very surprised. Yeah. And I think on, on, on hindsight, it, it was a cultural thing in some sense. Because right. internally, we were more events people. Mm. Uh, and we really didn't know how to position the website. Right. But I think there was a big turning point in the last like five years. Mm-hmm. So now the website has clearly become a much more uh, uh, prominent. I, I, whenever I look for tech shit, I go to E27 yeah. right, first, right yeah. away. Yeah. And because I also get first dibs because you're my friend. So whenever you share, it's like, ooh, that's fresh one minute ago. Yeah. Always helpful to get loyal. Absolutely. And again, also, uh, this is the first guy that wrote about Chatbot PH being acquired without in a heartbeat was you guys. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Lyra yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for, I sent her a PR. Hey, yeah. we've been acquired. Yeah. And right after a minute, you you tagged me like, whoa, yeah. boom, and it become viral. We, it so viral. I personally love the Philippines tech ecosystem. Yeah, I believe you know, I mean, like a lot in it. I, mm-hmm. We even have an office there. Um, so anything from the Philippines, like we we get excited quite yeah. easily. And you fly a lot on a leisure. Uh, yeah, 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 I remember. Are you telling me a lot? Like, yeah, I'm gonna be literally here. flying next week. Ah, uh, yeah. there you are. <laughs> By the time this goes out. Uh, you're in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. If it comes out next Thursday, I'll be flying the Philippines that night. There you go. 31st. All right. <laughs> but uh, Mohan, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about E27 now and what it took because it's not easy putting up something like this, especially on the Echelon side and both the website side. And more of that after the break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still in Singapore with Mr. Moan Baladi, the founder and CEO of E27 and Echelon. So it's one and the same, as you said, right? Mm. But Mohan, quick question. So from when you grew E27, 2012, Walk me through how you grew that and what was the exponential things that you saw in the region happen and how did E27 and Echelon grow with it? Hmm. So I think the the growth that we've had, right, has always right. been incremental uh, micro steps. Okay. Right? So I'm, I'm a firm believer of small, tiny changes right. leads to big long-term uh, growth, right? So we've, not, we've never tried to take the route of like raising a ton of money or, yeah. or, or trying to do too many big things at one time because mm-hmm. from experience I've always felt that that has never really worked out well for us right right so it's all about tiny micro step growth so but in the in early terms, days it was yeah. events 
Got it. And the business model both revolve for for E27 revolve around the synergy between the event and the website, or are they two separate business models? So in the early days, it was really driven by events. Got it. And then uh, a lot of like bespoke uh, activities with uh, corporates and governments. And then the, the the media or the the online business mm-hmm. really only started to grow maybe from 2015 onwards. Yeah, because this is a hard game to play. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sort of like in it now with the podcast game and yeah. whatnot. Like media it, is tough. It is yeah. super yeah. right. But how how did you you know get out get out alive? A lot of people die in, in this process, right? Yeah. Or just stay at a certain state. But yeah. how did you make it to that next level? I think one of the things is we were very conscious about what not to do, right? Got it. So uh, in the early days, especially, uh, we were very tight on the activities that we wanted to do, the markets we wanted to expand to, uh, the kind of uh, uh, products that we wanted to build. Okay. You know, so everything had to be driven around what users wanted, okay. not what we thought was valuable. Ah. Right? So okay. that's how the jobs platform came about. Okay. Because I, I think that was sometime around 2013. Because we would get more requests for people to right. say, hey, can you write about me hiring a developer? Yes. Versus can you write about my company? Right. So we're like, okay, let's just launch jobs. And naturally, people will gravitate towards you because you're technically media. Yeah. And everybody would be like, hey, Mohan, write about this. It. my PR. This is my yeah. PR. This is my PR. But I, I, a quick uh, uh, side note real quick. How do you choose which one to feature? Because everybody wants to be featured. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can't feature everybody. Sure. How do you know which one is... Uh, noteworthy that you, you can write about that. So that's a really difficult sell. And, right. and some, internally, we have some guidelines. Like okay. we, we only try and feature companies that have a certain milestone or benchmark. Got it. So in the early days, we would even feature companies that were just launching. Yeah. Today, some traction and some kind of a, some kind of a foot, footprint in what they've right. done is, is helpful. Yeah, I remember Guestlist had a, you were, you were, you were you know, nice enough to feature even if we're just about to laugh. Yeah, or so just in those few, days, yes. But yeah. in today's world, like uh, if Guestlist were to come to us straight nah, off the right. boat, it would be a lot harder for us to do so. Absolutely. Right? But for frontier markets like Myanmar, Cambodia, ah. uh, so these are markets where we know, right, they don't really have the, the traction of the region. Right. And it's our like duty to kind of give it a bit more visibility. Absolutely. So those kind of markets, we are much more open but to Depending on the days. stage of the economy, Ecosystem, per yeah, se. yeah, got that it. makes that definitely makes a big difference. Got it. But when you do now, with with what what we with what you know, what makes a good story to to write about or to yeah. share? So st- stories are really driven by people, right? And in in the startups case, the founder. So I think it's really important that founders uh, find a way to communicate why they're doing what they're doing. How is it that the problem impacts them or their community? And, and, and figure out a way to, to, to think like, okay, what will be relevant to the users who read that particular site and okay. make the pitch. I mean, with tech, right? If you want to write a piece for E27 mm. versus maybe a local tech blog versus maybe a CNET equivalent, right? right. Which is more global and consumer. The story angles are all different. Yes. And you have to put yourself in the user's shoes, right? Mm. And think about what kind of a story that will, be, will make more sense to them. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's great. So for those people who just listen to that, so make it compelling, make it a good story because people always yeah. love stories. Great stories, right? Yeah. It's not just, you don't throw in a random, oh yeah, we have X amount of users. Everybody's saying that and most of that, right. guess what? Everybody knows it's bullshit. <laughs> it's all beefed up and padded Features up. and users right. uh, only go so far Correct. because they don't really connect with people. Right. But stories make a huge difference. Absolutely. Now, in those type of stories, how do you see that impact also funding rounds and, and whatnot? Because, I mean, when you get to E27 as a startup, mm. you're, that's your, you know, hello world moment everybody knows about you. Because yeah. the same people that read uh, as, as consumers, these are the same people that also fund startups and, and, and whatnot. Have you yeah. seen that impact directly proportionate to how startups go big? Yeah, so multiple times, right, I've had right. startup founders who would say that, oh, thanks to a particular feature that they have on each 27 an investor would reach out to them mm-hmm. and, and like invest in them, right? right? So investors are also looking at opportunities. Absolutely. And the opportunities are driven around problems and solutions. Mm-hmm. Right, and if you're able to show to, to investors right the potential of your problem right. and the impact to it and how it could be monetized, mm. right, there's value in that. Right? True. So fundamentally, I think investors are also driven by the same needs 
mm. than the rest of the world are. Uh, and especially in in tech and startups, if it falls back to our our, our vision, right? Correct. They genuinely believe that the startups can make the world a better place, solve real problems. Absolutely, they just have a different mindset in terms of how. Uh, they want to monetize by investing, and yeah. that—that's what we we discussed that in the Michael Lynch episode. Yeah. Most you know, investors are right. investing other people's money, correct? So they do have a—they uh, do have their own stories to tell the people correct. above them as well, right? And so we need to help investors in that standpoint. Correct. Think a few steps ahead, right? Correct. And that story that you're gonna publish is a big, big uh, boon to what that story will be yeah. to the LPs. Yeah, at least it gives that first level of visibility. Correct, and again, media always is a good thing, you know. Yeah. Google, absolutely. Yeah. So again, that's a big thing. Now, Mohan, I want to do a quick pivot here because it's not all fun and games in, in startup life. Because technically, you're also a startup. Yeah. Right. And um, we need to. I, I need to know because there was a good phase, and probably till now, you you were there were two big players always here in Asia. That's you and Tech in Asia. But mm. I know you're friends too. Mm. And this became really a, a tight competition in the past few years. And I, I don't know if that metal, me, mellowed down. Sure. But how do you co- coexist and be symbiotic still with a really good, com- I mean, very good competitor? Yeah. I think, so competition is always good, right? Right. It keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. But it also shows that whatever you're doing has value. True. Right? And I think in the early days... Um, because of the stage of the ecosystem yeah. and the, the stages of our products, mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of similarities. So it would naturally, it's very easy to get compared, right? Correct. But I think over the years, what has, been, what has happened is that um, the businesses with us and our competitors have taken very different approaches and different strategies. Correct, correct. Right? I mean, and only time will tell which is the right one, right? Absolutely. But the, the best part is that as the ecosystem matures, as the ecosystems get more uh, differentiated, like right. Singapore's ecosystem is radically different from the Philippines, right? Yeah. Uh, you start to see specific use cases come up. Absolutely. And, and, and thanks to that, right, like from a competitive standpoint, we are mm-hmm. fairly different from all our competitors right. in the way we build our businesses, in our business models, right. in the way our products are done. And in terms, even sometimes, even the markets that we focus on. Got it. Like we are extremely focused on Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. but we are also really focused on markets that want to come into Southeast Asia. Ah, so a lot so of our, yeah, okay, yeah, a lot of our businesses are with the Central Asian side, ah. uh, the North Asian side, which is like your Taiwan uh, and Korea. Uh, not just within uh, Southeast Asia. So you're bridging that for, for the ecosystem exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. That is amazing. Now, let's, let's talk about mistakes and fuck-ups here. Mm. So well, many. Right. <laughs> now, there was a phase in 2016 that, uh, you wrote about this, you weren't really uh, you know, black and white. Some people don't want to put that out there. Mm. You had to downsize your team in the event of fundraising. Yep. How did that happen and how did you bounce back from that? Yeah, so we made a lot of mistakes, right, in terms of, um, of not properly uh, calculating like how much potential revenue would have been and how much funding would have come in. Got it. And then because of that, we had some serious uh, cash flow issues, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to let go of the team. Yeah. Uh, it was an extremely painful process. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I we, know this. Uh, yeah, sure. We're glad to live to tell the tale, right? Right. Um, like Jon Snow. Yeah. Like Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, the, the thing is, like, moments like this are always opportunities to take a step back and, and rethink and reflect, right? Right. I think there are many things that we would have done differently mm. if that process didn't happen, mm. right? But there were also some really good things that happened, right? Like, I'm very proud to say that um, some of our best employees today mm. are those that stuck through in that tough times. Yes. Right? Because of those tough times, we actually were able to cut 80% of what we did or we oh. were doing at that point in time because we felt that it was just not contributing to the business that much. Got it. And really double down and focus on mm-hmm. the stuff that really mattered. And, and a lot which of what was... See, uh, so the biggest one, of course, was the big Echelon event in Singapore and yes. the road shows. Right, some part of it was the the projects that we do online. A lot of the micro things that we stopped were the founders' dreams businesses. Yeah, the consulting businesses that we thought didn't really add value. So laser focus, drop everything and focus on the ones that are really core. Yeah. to what E twenty seven was. Okay, now how did you write the ship? Okay, so now you let go and whatnot. Mm. How did did you have to retool? Did you have to uh, hire? specific talent from that point and whatnot? Yeah, so there were a few things we did, right? I think one was radical transparency, right? Got it. I think I, I had to, I literally had to get the whole team together and be extremely transparent with them okay. on what was expected, uh, how was things going to be like in the next six months. Okay. I think if you ask some of them, right, they probably will tell you that it was the one of the worst experiences of their life. Absolutely. <laughs> also probably one of the, the most toughest rewarding. conversations always. Yeah. 
So like I we would have that's that's really when we started instituting daily huddles, mm. uh, an obsessive uh, uh, respect for the dashboards, and an obsessive view on numbers and stuff like that. And today that's a lot of what we do, right? Mm. But um, one like to me the starting point was transparency, just being very open and honest with the team on what's happening, yeah. what's good, what's sugarcoat it, tell it as it is, yeah. because eventually they'll find out anyway. Yeah. Right. And the second one is just focus, right? We literally just completely focused on what was working well okay. and doubled down on that, right? So to me, it was really making sure that we were investing in the stuff that matters. Got it. Yeah. And then the last one is, of course, you know, surround, like for, for me, from a founder perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure I surround myself with the right founders and mentors that could support and guide me along the way, right? And Because, you have a, yeah. an eternity and so many people yeah, that you I'm know. I'm very blessed thing. to know a lot of amazing founders. Yeah. In terms of the whole con- you're a LinkedIn with, within yourself. Yeah. You look at your phone like, okay, what do I need yeah. today? Like, So the, the one w- word of wisdom that one of my investors shared with me at that point in time, he's like, okay, so you know, I hope you're not taking too much time off from this, but also realize that this pretty much happens to every founder. And he shared the story with how it happened to him. And the most important thing was to bounce back mm-hmm. and to start fixing the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, Mohan, let's take another break. And when we come back, let's talk about tips. Because you, you, I don't know anybody who probably knows as many startups <laughs> in the it. whole a- Asia uh, more than you do. So, again, let's take a break, quick break and let's start, discuss the tips and the hustle share uh, tips area with Mohan after the Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit Mastercard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. 
not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part. We're still with Mohan Balani of E27. And by this time, you would have been in Echelon. So I hope you had a good time. Pretty sure it's going to be crazy good as always. So congratulations in advance for you, Thanks. Uh, Mohan. But first question, uh, this is the hustle share time where we literally share our knowledge to our listeners or hustlers who are listening to the show. I wanted to know about how you built your team because media is tough. Yeah. Right and the, the 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 talent that requires to have a good media company, right. so much competition because again they, they can work in a lot of setups. Yep. How were you able to build your team and what are the qualities you built to get that done? Yeah, so I I think I genuinely believe in people, right? So all our top guys, you know, uh, names that you guys might be familiar with, Kevin, who's our editor, Spadden, right? Yeah, Spadden, Daryl, Jiawe, right? All of them started out as interns in the company. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, I'm a genuine believer of helping people grow, uh, giving them the right opportunities, the right coaching and mentorship, mm. the right tools, right? Um, so to me, right, I personally believe in uh, helping people go from the bottom to the top Got as it. opposed to planting people from, from outside and putting them Ground up. Right. So I always use this analogy because are you like a big market player in the NBA where you get free agents and yeah. try to win a championship or you go through the draft, yeah. through the G League and develop them to superstars? Yeah. I, I think it also depends on the stage of the company, right? Okay. In certain stages, if you really need to scale and grow fast, you do have to bring people externally. Mm. And that's, of course, something that we're thinking about right now. Mm. The second thing is that if your team really doesn't know how to do it yeah. or you don't have people who are coachable, mm. then you definitely need to bring people externally. Got it. To stir the pot and, and, and whatnot. Now, yeah. how in terms of culture, because this is a big thing, especially when you guys hit the sh- when shit hit the fan, yeah. <laughs> right in twenty sixteen and yeah. whatnot. How did you make sure that the culture stays the same and it doesn't unravel? Yeah. So, uh, maintaining culture is really the founder's job, right? Especially yeah. in a company that I would say is around uh, zero to forty people. Absolutely. Right. So I think the founder has to obsessively talk about culture lay out examples of when the culture has been uh, followed uh, and also point out times when the culture has been violated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we always obsessively bring out or discuss culture during our town halls. Wow. So at the very least, once every three months, like as like an old uncle, like How do you do the that? whole team uh, will hear yeah. that. Yeah. I, started, I started out with explaining to people or sharing with people why are we doing what we're doing mm. and to always keep the focus in mind. For a company like mine, right, it's easy, it's easy for a writer to feel like, oh, okay, at the end of the day, all I'm doing is a 200, 300-word article. How is it impactful or meaningful? Mm. But I have to always tell them, look, you have to think about the outcome of that article. Yeah. Like There's someone behind this who's probably worked for the last six months to put that one funding round. Absolutely. I mean, all we're doing is translating a press release to an article. Correct. But to him, right, it's the encapsulation it's, of six That's this glorious moment. Yes. yes. And this could actually, you know, bring his, him forward which could help his life, his companies, the people in his companies, his product, right. and his users. No, and, and I still remember that feeling whenever you guys write about something. Just to see my name in an article. Yeah. It, it, from a writer's point of view, they probably think, yeah, okay, that's just whatever yeah. article. But dude, the, top, the amount of pride and the yeah. ra- amount of gratitude yeah. we, we feel after you guys write about yeah. us. But it's, yeah. on a deeper level, right? So in the early days, of course, as the company was being a bit more prominent and the ecosystem was rising, mm-hmm. we did have some bad actors, right? Mm. People who would 
behave like they are above the ecosystem oh. or so important to the ecosystem. Okay. And that's why our core value number one is respect the ecosystem. Got it. Right? Because without it, right, we're, we're not here. Mm. And we have to we see it as a, a privilege and honor to be able to serve it. Mm. You know, as opposed to us owning it and, and, and right. if, you're and a servant to that to the people in that way. Yeah. yeah. In it. that sense, yes. And any other tenets uh, aside from uh, uh, respect the ecosystem, what else do you usually tell your team? So we we have quite a few core values. Uh, right. So the second one that I really like is uh, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Oh right? wow! Yeah. So I think that one is fairly cliche. Okay. But uh, to be honest, internally we do have many good examples of people that have uh, just tried to do something first, mm. and 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 before like internally like thinking too much of whether it should be done right. or not. Right. Uh, teamwork is a huge thing for us. Mm. Okay. Because we have a team that is fairly. Uh, uh, broken up so there's a content team the events team and the BD team you can get stuck within your own teams Got it. and this is where we say we all need to work together to tap on each other's knowledge and wisdom mm-hmm. because how a content person thinks versus how a BD person thinks versus how an events person thinks are radically different absolutely and you can get very good insights by just spending a bit of time and tapping on each Got other's it. wisdom and you shouldn't be afraid to pull the trigger yeah Right? Not at all, yeah, yeah. And then just, just go for it. But if you fuck up, yeah. own it. Yeah. Come clean. Yeah. Right. Now, Mohan, I'm curious because, again, you, you, I, I don't know any person that knows as many startups. The whole thing, the whole ecosystem. Startups, uh, investors, charlatans also. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of charlatans out there who are just fronting like, yeah, I'm a startup guy too, but... <laughs> You know, fucking just talks and do stupid shit. Yeah, the right? one premise. No, that there are. So th- those are the things. But I wanted to know, from your point of view, how has the startup grown, startup ecosystem, at least in the e- Southeast Asia, grown now? Mm. And what do you like and what you what are your things you don't like for, that's uh, going on? Yeah, so I mean, there have been so many things, right? I don't even know where to start. From a, The most obvious ones are from a funding uh, standpoint. Yeah. Right? The amount of funding deals happening, the amount of investors, right. the amount of players getting And there's involved. exits now, even in small markets. Yeah, so even like for Echelon, right, when we were looking at the list of people who were signing up for the event, right? I, I mean, you had people from organizations that you would never typically associate with. Really? Like Airbus, Rolls Royce, these kind of thing, right? What? Unknown, you know, okay. like, so like for us, we were a bit like, okay, why? So we were more interested to ask them, hey, what are you guys doing? Are you trying to give out some Rolls Royces? Game, I'm in. And and when they when they talk to us about how they view tech and startups as a way to learn, and they are also looking at how to disrupt their own selves, then Got you it. know, okay, well, so startups are fairly legit. Absolutely, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I think the other big one is the fact that um, the quality of founders have definitely taken a radical. Absolutely, I, I agree. Better. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people now in the 2011 to early 2000s have now matured or they've fucked up in one way and yeah. they've matured, they humbled themselves yeah. and they know what it takes now yeah. to get to that level. You, you also have a lot of really smart people from corporate who have spent mm. a good amount of time in a particular industry so they know the ins and outs and how it works and all yeah. the problems that associate with it and are coming out to build companies to solve those problems. Perfect example, there's one episode that I really like in, in Hustle Shares, Brian Koo, the president of Grab in the Philippines. Yeah. He was a consultant for a long time and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But when he came, he dropped all his corporate shit, yeah. rolled up his sleeves, drank with the the the... The, the taxi drivers just to get them on board it's yeah. just amazing story so yeah. if you want to listen to that just go to the, that episode so corporates and whatnot how about investors are there better deals now or not because there's still it's a double edged sword and Michael Lynn said that in this episode that there's mm-hmm. still a lot of predatory deals happening in the angel sure. round and, but there are bigger paychecks my goodness yeah. in, in, in the Philippines alone there's two big funds that are announced in the past month alone sure. 150,000 150 million from yeah and then there's 2 billion peso one from JD some corporate funds yeah so I, I remember uh, this was at Geeks on the Beach in uh, Boracay yes. okay uh, I was <laughs> oh, literally man. I was literally talking to um, Jojo Flores yes Jojo about how you know Philippines corporates should launch uh, right. venture funds mm-hmm. and then get the guys that really know how to do it run it right correct so it's great to see that finally happening right yes. I think the timing is good I think if we would have done done a few years earlier it might have been too early right but now is like the perfect time for it to happen right and if you just matter to, to manage to stay alive as well and then yeah. and, and, uh, you know and this is a Ray Refundo episode prior to this one or a couple episodes from this you just managed to stay alive after through many pivots and also now 
got to a tipping point where boom, just spiked up. So that is one of the big tenets of founders that I, that I noticed, right, work really well, is perseverance. Those that think that you could sell your company in a year or two or flip it really quickly, right, is, mm. it, that's, it's, it's a marathon, right? Yeah. The, the great founders I know have really stuck on it and have been working on it for years. Yep. They've done multiple pivots potentially. Right. Uh, but they also know that it's a long, long game. It's a long right? game. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like, oh, I, I need to get ROI back in yeah. two years. No. It doesn't work that way. I think smart investors also realize that. Right. Absolutely. And it's, again, if you are if you want to put up a startup, prepare to, to invest at least 10 years of your life if you really yeah. just want to go. And again, there's a high chance of failure, but hey, at, at least you've tried and you're, the learning you're going to get here, you can't learn anywhere. Yep. Now, in terms of the, uh, I want to zero in on the Philippines at least, right? You've seen this happen before. There were more events, to be honest, and I thank you in, in behalf of the ecosystem because you're the only one left that's from the outside coming in. A lot of uh, it, it's a double-edged sword in the Philippines. There's there's a lot of new s- stuff going on, but I feel like we're just so disconnected from the ecosystem, from the whole region sometimes yeah. that. You know, we don't get to put our best shit out there because we're in we're like a hermit. We're in our own little cave. Right. But there's a lot of stuff happening in yeah, the cave. There is a lot. Right. But from your point of view, what what's going on with the Philippines? How 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 how's it different from the whole region? So shout out to TechShake, right? They're having their conference in yes, June, yes, June 25th, Ignite. I right. believe. Yep. Right. Um, the Ignite conference. I'll be attending that. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you there. So I think Philippines has a ton of potential, and mm. we've, I've, I've said that earlier as well. Mm. Um, the the big issue that's uh, I think challenging a lot of the Philippine founders is definitely the infrastructure. Got it. You know, Philippines probably still has the most expensive internet uh, in the oh, region, man. but also the the slowest. Mm-hmm. And I think if that alone could be addressed or fixed, right, right. Um, it would radically in- increase the productivity of the workers that are tech-centric, right. uh, but also make a lot of the Philippine services more accessible mm-hmm. to the world, right? The second thing is I think more Filipino founders can try and take a more global mindset or global yes, worldview. Yes, oh my God, right. Uh, so on some part of it, it involves travel, right? Uh, getting out to other markets, going and just finding out what's happening mm. in the rest of the region. So I'm doing that myself. So I was in Chiang Mai a few weeks back. Right, right. You told uh, me, right. For the, for the Splice Beta Conference. That was all mm. about media. And I was in Bangkok for the RISE Conference by the, the guys at RISE in Bangkok. Right. And and those alone were very mind-blowing opening. I, I, uh, right. There's always for. something new that you learn. Yeah. So you, you have to put yourself out there. You have to go talk to people to learn, to take an open view. Right. Uh, and that takes some effort. Mm-hmm. You know, like my dad always tells me, right? Like uh, taking having fun requires effort too. If you just stay yes. at home and sit down and watch TV all day, you're not right. going to have a very fun life. Absolutely. So, so learning and growth does take effort. Mm-hmm. You really have to get out and and meet people, right? And, and attend events and participate in forums mm-hmm. that you believe will help, like bring your your companies forward. Now you mentioned events. Now I wanted to ask about trends, right? I mean, there's always a, a like a, a a word of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like okay, we're we're blockchain, we're AI, <laughs> whatever. What do you think about these these buzzwords that always get thrown? And does it really help you in terms of we're fintech or yeah. whatnot, right? There's always a that that hot topic. Yeah. I think everyone just wants to know what's the flavor of the month, right? Got it. I, I mean, you can use it for for be it fundraising or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just don't do it to the level where people don't trust you anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I was in a I was in a pitching event recently, okay. and four out of four companies, every one of them, <laughs> had AI and machine learning in their pitch. Dude, right? it's hard. It's not what uh, you guys think it is, right? The first question was, uh, how are you getting the data? Right. And how much data are you planning mm-hmm. to process, mm-hmm. right? And I think two of them could only answer the question, but they clearly didn't have a sense of how things work. Correct, because AI is data play, right? You can't yeah. be saying throwing an AI word without any data to process and train your yeah. AI for. And the major controllers of AI are going to be the governments. Correct. Right? So I, I, I think buzzwords are only helpful to get a sense of what you know is current mm. but if you're using it as a way to bolster your evaluation or make people look or try and show people like you look like you know what you're doing right. I think that would be to your disadvantage absolutely now but in reality what do you think are the biggest trends that people should look out for that, aside from the buzzwords that get thrown at so I, I would look at industries right I think there okay. are a certain number of industries that uh, are very relevant to this region okay. uh, that that founders can make a huge impact, right? Wow! Uh, so up and coming are it's obviously the logistics industry. Yes, right. it's everywhere. Yeah. Boom! So logistics is huge. Right. It's a serious pain point. 
last mile delivery is a serious pain point. Logistics right. management solutions are huge pain mm-hmm. points. And I think um, logistics companies, the bigger ones, are also starting to realize that technology is definitely needed okay. to help them scale. And it's not just a, it's not that they want to do better, right? Okay. Just looking at the amount of e-commerce that's happening regionally, right. most of these companies are just not going to be able to cope if they don't use technology to radically. Absolutely. Them. I mean, there's there's people who tried, like the, this, the honest beast of the world, yeah. and then they, they, but it's not, it's not like in vain. Not easy. Yeah. Right. It's really not easy. And that's what makes it amazing. So the, it's really difficult to do. Right. And I think that's where there's real opportunity for something. Right. But if you get it right, my God, it's, it's be, you'll be getting the, the part of the five, five leprechauns yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and whatnot. Yeah. That's crazy. The, the second one is obviously uh, healthcare and, and in particular yes. the silver age industry. I think there's real good to do there. Mm-hmm. Right? And as, as the region gets richer, as yeah. the middle class gets better, right. the next thing that they're going to be want, people are going to be wanting to invest in are themselves and mm-hmm. their own personal health. Because yes. that's at the point when they can start to afford it. So I was just reading a book on obesity, right? And Ouch. the reason, yeah. <laughs> no, but the reason right. why the most obese people are, are always the poorest people is because they really cannot afford yeah. a lot of these. And we just love to eat too. I'm right? obese, by the way. So if startup founders can say, "Hey, why not right. tackle the healthcare problems and right. look for creative solutions that can reduce the costs? Mm. Then you make all these uh, healthcare services a bit more available to the Got general it. public. Okay. Right? And then again, the region gets a bit better." Can we zero in on several startups that are not out there out there do you think are going to be big in the next? So just put your Nostradamus wow, hot right this now. Is, yeah, this is I really know, tough. Yeah, but I just, I understand in, yeah. in terms of what you see. I mean, you've seen this happen. There's always a pattern, right? Yeah. Like it's a good, good team, a yeah. good whatever market timing and whatnot. Yeah. What do you think are the good startups to look out for out there? So, I, okay, if we look at sectors, right, I think fintech mm-hmm. is going to be huge. Yes. Right. So, uh, especially lending companies or companies that yes. uh, focus particularly on microfinance okay. uh, I think there's going to be a legitimate there's a lot of them now in yeah. the Philippines there's at least five or six players yeah. who do that right yeah. so there's going to be a legitimate mm. uh, unicorn in that space so right yeah. the cyber security space is, is also another one that's mm. going to heat up a My lot God. Um, I mean Israel probably takes a crown for that mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if there is going to be a player in the Southeast Asian market that's able to rise up Wow. Right, and I mean one of our own echelon speakers that I was telling you about earlier, uh, Petsnet, uh, okay. Kefri Tiong. Okay. So they do more like patent search, and they work with like amazing corporates like NASA. Wow, so NASA. Th- yeah. So Ooh. they, they to me is a company to look out for in terms of a future right. potential. What's the name of the startup again? Petsnet. P A T S N A P. There you go. Very under the radar company, and I mean most people don't read about them that much. Yeah, we'll be in the show notes. So if patsnet.com or whatnot, but yeah. But these so, are the things that only Mohan, or at least not uh, not the average Joes like us, get to know because you, everybody goes to you yeah. like, and whatnot. I'm very lucky to spend a bit more time with you. Oh my god! Like everybody's like Mohan, yes, yeah. Mohan. <laughs> Especially tomorrow when Echelon starts, everybody's gonna be all your ass. So I'm very fortunate too to get this time up close with you because tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna so be lucky great. to have you at uh, the you. event. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. No, again, you hooked me up with, uh, now uh, to to go to Echelon, and this is my second straight here. It's only last year till you hooked me up that I went to Echelon. Yeah. I was broke a lot. <laughs> I was broke. I mean, at the end of the day, startup life. Like, I want to go to Singapore, yeah. but it, it's very expensive for my. So, so fun fact, up. right? Like, mm-hmm. I started. I was able to go to a lot of big um, events in the US. Okay. Always because I emailed the the organizers and I asked for a free ticket in exchange for my time to volunteer to help. Wow. And I'm surprised most people don't do that over here. Like, I'm surprised I don't get a ton of emails from, let's say, students or first-time founders saying, hey, I would like to volunteer to help and just give me a free pass. There's your life hack right yeah. there. So you that's, to me, that's yeah. the best thing you could do for any event organizer because you always need help. And what True. more to get help from a guy who's a bit more mature, who's running a company so he knows the industry. And fun fact number two, I used to always help at registration. Wow. Because then I get to meet everybody that comes in. Yes, you're the, the first line. Yeah. And you also get to see the hot chicks yeah. too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to screen it out. Like, mm-hmm. There you go. And whatnot. Now, Mohan, last question. I'll throw a little bit of a curveball at you here. Knowing what you know now, Right, and then all the, the the crazy stuff you've been through. If you were gonna give an advice to your mm. younger self, mm. what would it be? Wow. Okay, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. So, from a work standpoint, I mm. think I would. Um, I I wish I, I didn't work so hard from from a, like keep doing many things. Right. I wish I'd taken a bit more time off to think about things a bit mm. longer. To plan a bit more, to reflect. think about more, to reflect more. Got it. Right. To 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 slow down so I could I could be faster. Got it. Right. So I think that's one of the things I, I wish I had done more. 
Um, from a personal standpoint, um, I think investing in, in personal growth and on an earlier basis, mm-hmm. and this is both like fitness as well as health. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised if many founders are depressed yeah. or, or emotionally. Or a base like me. <laughs> yeah. So like just, just mm-hmm. realizing that, hey, investing in, in, in physical health is, uh, yeah. uh, is, is more important than Balance. probably investing in mental yeah. health. It's always the balance. Uh, so and spending time and energy there was one of the things I wish I had done earlier. Thank you, Mohan. Now, a little shout out to those people who, who are, again, been to Echelon by this time and whatnot. What, what, what do you think is up next for E27 that we, we, we should um, look out for? So we are always looking at how best to scale our mission, right? Got it. Um, and a lot of what we do is offline, so we can only impact a certain number of people. Okay. It always bumps me out when amazing houses from all over the region simply cannot attend the event. Uh, because they either don't have the time to fly mm-hmm. down uh, mm-hmm. or they don't have the funds mm-hmm. uh, or they just maybe miss the boat, right? Right. So our goal is to figure out how best we can scale our mission using more of the e27.co yeah. So I think at least for the next six months, we're going to be spending more and more energy uh, building the right features, fixing some of the issues on the site or not some, a lot of the issues right. on the site to better serve the ecosystem. Okay. So, so again, something th- to look out for. Awesome. So again, Mohan, thank you very much for sharing so such a, such thank you for wisdom, me. wisdom. And again, congratulations in advance because I know E twenty seven and Echelon is going to be a big big hit again this year. And um, for those people that want to, you know, uh, send any anything to Mohan or whatnot, where do they go? So the best way to get in touch is uh, email Mohan yeah. at e twenty seven dot co, uh, and and you can access uh, me on social media, LinkedIn, or WhatsApp. Okay. Or well, just go to e27.com uh, co as well uh, to, to check out the latest happenings and whatnot. All right, Mohan, thank you again. And if you guys like that episode, please don't forget to give us some love, share us some shit because we are going to wrap up season one already at the end of June, right? We're going to take a quick break because we're going to up the ante in season two. So make sure you give us feedback because, and also join the Hustle Share community on Facebook because that's where we're going in, in that episode. I mean, in that uh group we're going to be giving you a heads up who we're going to be uh, featuring soon mm-hmm. so if you want to get the first dibs go to that that uh, group and message us on our uh, chatbot on m.me slash powered by chatbot bh again mohan thank you very much thanks for having me ron and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace